Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to you. Happy Memorial Day to you. It's a holiday. So I know uh, probably some of you are watching me on some other day. You're probably not with me live, but some of you are. And if you are, extra points. If, if this were an actual class and I could give you all grades, you get an A plus just for being here with me today. And I know somebody is. So God bless you. Thank you for continuing to just stay consistent and consistently in the word with me. I love you guys so much. Fire team guys, man, you guys are the best. I love you all. Uh, stay with it. Stay with me. Uh, Acts chapter 25, verses 1 to 27 for this Memorial Day. Acts chapter 25. This is Tim with Tim. We go verse by verse through the word of God. We do it Monday through Friday, uh, usually live at 10 o'clock uh, every single day. You can catch the audio podcast on Spotify or anywhere else where you catch audio podcasts. Before I jump in, let me just remind you, it's not for me. It's to help improve these platforms. If you want to see more more of this kind of content, if this is the kind of thing you like to see and listen to, then interact with it. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, drop a comment. And I know most of you just sort of ghost Tim with Tim. You watch, but you never comment. You never give a thumbs up or anything. Again, it's not about my ego. It's just if you like this kind of content, the way to see more of it is to in some way interact with it. All right. So again, that's just so we make Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all these places, better places and friendlier places for uh, for programs like Tim with Tim. So anyway, I just encourage you to interact. It's not for me. Uh, I promise you it's for you. Acts chapter 25 is where we pick up. Festus is the new sheriff in town. He's not really sheriff. He is procurator. He's taking over after Felix. Felix, as I said, was kind of a disaster, kind of a loser. Festus is a little more warmly regarded uh, by history, although his uh, uh, he, he doesn't hold power very long. It's probably at this point, like the year 58, 59, and I think that Festus is going to die in 62. So he's not going to be in power very long. And in chapter 25, man, he hasn't even, he hasn't even like, you know, unpacked the boxes in his office. He hasn't even put his books in the shelf or, you know, he hasn't even got his name on the door yet, but uh, already uh, he goes to Jerusalem. Again, he's a procurator uh, of, 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 of Judea. And so Jerusalem is the, the main city. It's the cultural center, the religious center. And so it makes perfect sense for Festus to, uh, to go there first. So, uh, you know, right after the first three days, man, he, he shows up in Jerusalem. He's a good politician. But, of course, he is met there by the leaders of the Sanhedrin. Uh, they're asking him for a favor. Again, this guy just got here. This, you know, they can't even bother to say, hello, how are you doing? Congratulations on your new office. I mean, all I can say is, hey, would you do us a favor? Would you please uh, send Paul our way? Uh, he's a prisoner that uh, Felix left, you know, you know, tied up in the pokey. Would you just send him our way so that we can, uh, you know, give him a, a, a fair trial? You know, but all they really want is to kill him along the way. Now, when you read that, that sounds familiar because remember that there was those 40, you know, you know, really zealotous Jews who wanted to, you know, we're not going to eat or drink until Paul's dead. And Paul's nephew heard that rumor. And, you know, so uh, the, 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 the Tribune saved Paul's life in that case by thwarting that plot. Just this right here, this detail here just shows us now that, that this is escalated. It's no longer just like 40 you know, kind of, you know, extremists. Now we're talking about, you know, the, the, this plot to kill Paul is, is now, you know, all the way up, you know, in the, in the chief 
power structure. This is the Sanhedrin. And so now we're talking about, you know, a, a plot that, that goes very high up in the, in the halls of power. Uh, uh, Festus is going to turn around and save Paul's life. He doesn't mean to do it. I don't think he's trying to do anybody any favors at this point. But uh, uh, Paul is under his jurisdiction, and he isn't in Jerusalem. He's going to be back in Caesarea. So he just says, you know, uh, if, if y'all want to come back with me, you know, I, I hold court, you know, in Caesarea. If you want to come and bring formal charges, then, you know, then you got to come back to Caesarea. You can come make your accusations there. Uh, so Aderton... Days later, uh, he arrives in Caesarea, and uh, sure enough, the Jews come with him. Uh, Paul arrives, they all stand around. It's, it's a really intense situation. The idea that they gather around, it's, it's this picture of just physically intimidating. It's an incredible physical and this incredible show of passion and you know, you know, legal indignation. But at the same time, Paul says, you know, I, I haven't done anything wrong. Notice in verse 8, I'm not guilty of any crime against the Jewish laws, against the temple, or any Roman laws. Nothing against the Roman government. So again, these seem to be the three charges they're trying to make stick, but none of it sticks. They're not able to present a single shred of evidence because, of course, none of it is true. None of it is true. So Festus says, you know, hey, at this point, you get the idea. Again, he's new. He doesn't necessarily want to, you know, you know, doesn't want to make the Jews mad, especially the Sanhedrin. He's just trying to keep the peace. And so he just says, Paul, hey, why don't we just go back there? Are you willing to go back to Jerusalem with the Jews? And uh, maybe we'll, we'll do the trial there. Again, he's just probably thinking, we'll go back to Jerusalem, the, the, the religious center. Maybe there's evidence there. Maybe we get closer to the truth, you know, at the scene of the crime, if there was a crime. But at this point, Paul recognizes, no. No, he recognizes right away that Festus is not going to be a fair arbit, you know, arbiter for the simple reason that Festus is, is looking to do a favor for the Jews. Paul can see that. Paul knows that, and he knows that he can't win under those circumstances. Let me stop right here. Remember, Luke is writing the book of Acts. Luke wrote the gospel of Luke. And so I just encourage you to go back to those sections, because that's what I've been doing. Go back to Luke and, and read uh, the trial of Jesus, and, and look at all of the similarities, because I think Luke intends you to make those connections. The way in which the Romans keep saying, I find no fault in him, I, he's innocent, I can't find anything he's done wrong, but also this incredible uh, stubborn fear of offending the Jews, uh, this fear that the Jews are somehow going to you know, riot, lose control, and, and so because of the fear of the Jews, uh, the Roman government never does the right thing in regard to these men on trial. So that's the way, as, as you recall, Jesus' trial has gone, and now this is the way that Paul's trial is going. The, the Roman you know, uh, procurators uh, simply can see the truth but aren't willing to, to tell the truth for fear of the Jews. So Paul says, I'm done with all of you. I'm going to Caesar. <laughs> I appeal to Caesar. This is what's called the provocative. The, the provocatio, the provocatio is a Latin word. The provocatio is, is the citizen right of all Roman citizens. They can make their appeal, that they can appeal all the way to Caesar. Um, not exactly sure how that works because this really is one of the primary sources for this citizen right, although it's also mentioned in other sources, but this is one of the main places. The provocatio was the right to appeal, typically after what was perceived to be an unjust verdict. 
So Paul's, you know, the, uh, declaration or his, you know, uh, calling for the, the the provocatio here is a little bit uh, unprecedented for the simple reason that he's asking for an appeal even before there's a verdict or before there's any condemnation, if you see that. But you get the idea of Festus is like good. I mean, he doesn't say good. But I, I get the idea. He's just as happy to get Paul out of his hair, you know. He doesn't want to deal with this. He can tell it's a bad situation. That I mentioned he's only three days, you know, well, actually now 11, 12 days in office. He still hasn't unpacked his books in his office, and he doesn't want to deal with this. So uh, anyway, on. You, you're calling for Caesar to Caesar. You shall go. And then a few days later, King Agrippa shows up. King Agrippa, I don't understand how all of this government structure is, but King Agrippa is a Roman appointee, but he is sort of the king, uh, king of the Jews. Uh, his his uh, jurisdiction doesn't necessarily overlap. I don't know how any of this works, to be honest, but but uh, it's natural for King Agrippa to come and meet the new procurator of Judea. And so, uh, again, it's probably a political meeting, but while he's got him there, uh, Festus says, hey, well, I got this prisoner, you know, I got this prisoner, and he's talking to King Agrippa and his sister Bernice. Uh, if that sounds fishy, you know, his sister, like, what's he traveling with his sister for? That sounds weird. Well, that's because it was weird. <laughs> they were always accused of being in some sort of, you know, political incestuous relationship. They were brother and sister. It, it was a rumor that always followed them, and you can see why. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't judge. But uh, but anyway, that's what everybody said back in their day. I got this prisoner uh, that the Festus, uh, uh, Festus says. Them. I got this prisoner left to me by Felix. Uh, and the Jews got something against him, but I, I can't really understand what it might be. Uh, he wants to go to Caesar, but I can't send him to Caesar without, without some explanation of the charges. I can't figure the charges out. King Agrippa says, well, let, let, let me talk to him. You know, again, perhaps being, you know, a, a Jewish king, maybe he's going to know something that nobody else can know. So Festus says, good deal. How's tomorrow? Clear your calendar for tomorrow. Uh, the end of the chapter here, uh, verses 23 and following uh, the next day. Uh, this is setting up really the, the climax of Paul's defense uh, in these chapters here. Notice this, this great pomp. You know, this really is uh, in many ways... Um, uh, a, a very elaborate uh, situation. Um, uh, officers, important people, King Agrippa, of course, Festus, and, and all of those here. Uh, Festus starts out with the introductory remarks. He just basically says, you know, we, we got this guy that the Jews hate, but for the life of me, I can't figure out what he's done wrong. I can't find anything deserving death, but he now he wants to go to the emperor, so he's got to go to the emperor. You know, so notice how Festus just sort of subtly blames it on Paul. You know, it's like the the dummy, you know, I can't find anything he's done wrong, but now the dummy's appealed to, you know, the emperor. So now he's got to go to the emperor and I can't send him to the emperor without explaining what he's done wrong. So basically what Festus does here is say, you know, okay, all right, everybody, I need you to help me out. I got a criminal here. Now let's find a crime. It really is a predicament. But because if he were to send this, you know, criminal on appeal to the emperor, and he gets up there, and he can't even send a description of the of the charges, let alone there's no verdict. He can't even send the charges. Chances are he'd lose his job or his life. The emperor doesn't put up with that kind of mess, you know. And so it really is a predicament. We have our criminal. Uh, now let's find the crime. 
And so Paul uh, is allowed to address Agrippa in chapter 26. Chapter 26 really is remarkable, and we'll pick up right here tomorrow. Chapter 26, verses 1 to 32. Now, if, if you're watching this late Monday, or if you're watching this early Tuesday, you got some catching up to do, because again, even though Monday, today's a holiday, uh, I'm still just going to keep us right on schedule with, with, with wrapping up the book of Acts. So, so for tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, Acts 26, verses 1 to 32. Listen, if it's your day off today like it is mine, uh, enjoy this holiday. Enjoy this day that God has made and uh, spend some time reflecting on those who have made this freedom possible for us, paying the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, Jesus, of course, is the best example of one who has uh, no greater love than the one to lay down his life for his friends. Uh, so God bless you all. I, I love you. I'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock uh, for Tim with Tim. Have a great day.